0: You're tuning in to the Bookmatic's Best Book Podcast, where you will discover author secrets from books that'll make you feel, grow, and learn. These authors are from all over the world, all different backgrounds, and you are sure to learn a whole lot from their personal experiences. So please enjoy, subscribe, and let's get into it. Welcome everyone. Today we have a guest, Robin Waite, uh, the author of Take Your Shot along with several other books. So today we're going to talk a little bit about his book and what he does. So uh, yeah, I'll let Robin introduce himself a little bit. So feel free. Yeah introduce you. <laughs> Thanks Matt. I really appreciate you inviting me onto the
1: podcast as well. It's um, such a pleasure. I know we've known each other for a little while now you know meet, after meeting through Instagram and whatnot and very complimentary about Take Your Shot. So yeah for everybody who's listening um, obviously my name is Robin White. I'm a business coach. I run a, a, a coaching practice called Fearless Business. Uh, we set it up in 2016 after I'd spent 12 years running an agency before that a marketing agency um and one of my one of my sort of uh, things around fearless business so we- we help a lot of coaches, consultants, and freelancers. For me, it's very much like I love business at grassroots level. Uh, I've done work for you know the corporate side of things and bigger businesses, and actually I love just seeing the results which um, you know small which which um, small business owners can get when they make just a few tweaks to their businesses. So, um, and that's one of the reasons actually why I wrote "Take Your Shot" in the first place um, was uh, to to kind of tell a story because a lot of business owners tend to go on as kind of very you know samey sort of journey it's like all of the ups and downs the struggles that we go through the highs and the lows and so actually I won't take your shot just just because it's um it kind of you probably probably got questions about it so I won't necessarily do a spoiler alert here but it's kind of that journey of a business owner but also the good results which you get off the back end of it when you start to get some of those transformations so um and in my spare time so when I'm not busy doing you know running fearless business and My real passions are, uh, I love surfing. So um, we've just got an inland surf um, lagoon down in Bristol um, in the UK, which is near where I live. So um, I'm down there quite regularly and um, I go cycling as well. So I've got my turbo trainer set up during the winter here and love to go out and do sort of 40, 50 miles around the local hills here. Uh, You know, run myself ragged on the bike. Um, And then uh, obviously my other passion is my family. So I have a wife and two young girls as well. So they're they're six and four, uh, both at school now. So we've got a bit of respite back, you know, whilst they're at school to be able to kind of push forward with the business
0: and some of my other passions as well. So that's me in a nutshell. Cool, man. Yeah, that's some really cool like different hobbies that you got going on outside of the work that you do. And I know you, you definitely do a, a good job of, you know, mentoring people because we've had conversations in the past about that. So fearless business is, is a really cool way to reach out to people and help people out. And uh, yeah, I wanted to also talk a little bit about your book to take your shot. Now, when I personally read through this book, I absolutely loved it because it is written as kind of a story like a fable like a business fable right so it's it's different from you know something like I don't know the power of habit you know where you're you're reading through all these case studies no it's you know and it's very concise so I really enjoyed reading that aspect and so I'm curious what made you decide to write it as a story and why does the story focus on golf? <laughs> the story, yeah, the the story is about golf, right? Uh, about yeah, a golf coach. So I I thought that was a pretty interesting aspect, and I loved it. I loved it, and I learned a lot from it. Right. So yeah, can you tell yeah, the, that was the about that? Yeah. So I it, it
1: was a it was a very commercial decision actually, because um, which sounds a bit sort of. Uh, Uh, I don't know a bit trite really but it was it was actually sort of I whenever you write a book you have to ask yourself like why am I writing this what's the purpose behind it what do I want to achieve with it so there has to be like a quite a, a strong sort of goal behind writing there's a lot of people who try and write books because they um it's a bit of an ego trip for them and it's like you know I've got to get this I've got this book to get out and they kind of make it all about them and the amount of people who kind of write stories that are, or, or write books, which are, um, you know, they try and do the autobiography, but they've never actually had a, uh, they're not like a famous celebrity. So it doesn't really kind of work. So I, I wrote my first book, Online Business Startup, was a very much a dry sort of how-to guide, a bit like the book, which you mentioned earlier. Um, and the comments uh, or the feedback I used to get was, there's some really great information in here, but it's actually like information overload. It's it's really, you know, we have to read a chapter to implement it, read a chapter to implement it. And a lot of people, um, they love the book, but they struggle to, to kind of get all the way through it. So it's kind of like too much information delivered in a bit of a dry way, um, but but a lot of valuable information. So, you know, it's got some incredible sort of five star reviews and. So I kind of took that feedback. Um, there's some books which I really loved. Um, so one one which is behind me there, Built to Sell by John Warrillow. Again, that's like told as a fable. It's this you know story about a guy who wants to sell his business and um, he meets a mentor and the mentor says, oh, your business is worthless. And then they go on this journey of transforming his business and, and making it saleable so this guy can retire. And I just love the way that that's, that's told. And there was another book as well. I um, think it's called Go For no, Um I uh, can't remember the name of the authors in it, but it's, it's called Go For No, which again is told as a, it's a sales book basically, but it's told as a story. And they really inspired me for the same reasons you talked about with Take Your Shot. So I was like, so what my goals here with Take Your Shot? So one, one I wanted a, a book that was aligned with my coaching clients. Um, two, I wanted it to be short. So you notice it's only a hundred pages um, and it's the sort of book you can pick up and read in one sitting. I didn't want people to have to keep on going back to it to get more information out of it. I wanted them to be able to consume it and like the whole book and the principles and, and try and apply it and then come back to the book and reread it if they wanted to improve on it. Um, and the reason why, where the story came from the golf pro, as you said, so it's it's not necessarily a story about golf. It's, it's a story about the golf pro, the coach who's, who, who ran the business. So I did a, a webinar, um, back in the day when I was still running my agency. Um, uh, so this is back in sort of 2014, 2015. And it was, it, the webinar was aimed at, um, uh, graphic designers so I was doing a, a, a workshop around branding and this guy just came on to, he's very enthusiastic jumped onto the call I was like why is there a golf pro on this call that's designed for graphic designers I don't And he, he was he was the the one like we got a couple of clients off it but he was the one person who literally within five minutes of me finishing the webinar my phone ran and it was Russ I've changed his name for uh, for obvious reasons in the book but um so russ gets on the phone and he's he's like oh this webinar is it brilliant it's so helpful but I, I love how you've like productized the branding process do you think you could do that for my business so he actually became my first coaching client official coaching client um you know back in 2015 before i opened the practice up and i took him through this kind of productization journey so you know got the, the whole premise behind it is that um service client businesses so coaches whether it be golf coaches business coaches doesn't matter life coaches consultants freelancers they're all charging like an hourly rate and i we don't have to necessarily probably don't have time to dig into it but i have you know belief belief system around hourly rate being fundamentally unethical like charging by the hour and there's a better way to charge And so we took russ on this this journey where we looked at how he was productizing his lessons so couple of really basic mis- you know, mistakes he was making. So uh, rather than selling a block of lessons and taking money upfront for the lessons, he was collecting cash at the end of the lesson. So take a, you know, if it was in the UK, if it was a wet rainy Saturday afternoon, anything up to six out of eight of his students wouldn't show up. He was collecting cash at the end of the lesson so he wasn't getting paid. So, you know, so that he was making these kind of fundamental errors with, with how he was delivering his business. So we designed like five very specific products um for his for his golf business packages of eight lessons to, to do one specific outcome so you know whether it be uh drive 30 yards further lower your handicap low your putting average those sorts of things um, and we dramatically increased his prices as a result of that because now we had a, a package a product we could take it to market we could test at various different price points and we hit on a price point that was like three times the going rate for golf lessons in the local area you know, so it, and it totally transformed his business. have to admit by the time, by the time he gets to sort of page 74, there's a bit of artistic license because we looked at his goals for his own business and where he wanted to take that. And he's actually been able to, um, you know, he's been um, well, pre, pre COVID pre lockdown. He was getting out there on the speaking circuit. He was start to having, you know, have his own coaching clients, um, which was really nice to see. So yeah, so it's, it's, it's I and, and the, the comment I get is, from people the most the most common comment i get from it or a bit of feedback is you had me in the first paragraph i won't say what it is but people read it and they empathize with it like they're like oh this is this is talking about me yeah. and i think that's why the story model in the book works so well cuz it's designed on around russ's journey i've taken some of my own sort of my own business journey and feelings and emotion and the roller coaster kind of squashed that into the story as well And and it just brings it to life. It just people can kind of relate to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You really do break it down, and like you said, it's only a hundred. You know, a little bit. I think a little bit over a hundred pages, right? So it's very uh, digestible and uh, very practical and very precise. So even though you're you're enjoying the story, you're still getting like a lot of business principles. And uh, I would say my my personal biggest lesson was like you know packaging. Things right, packaging your your services. So this could work in uh, like online business or even brick and mortar, right? Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing that I love. It is it is applicable to any sort of business we have out there. So uh, yeah, if if this listeners, if this catches your interest, please do check it out because uh, Robin has done a great job with it, and it also reminds me of you know uh, the book uh, Go Giver. By Bob. Yes. Burks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of like that, too. So very concise, very precise, easy to digest, and you can go back to it at any, at any time. So yeah, thank you so much for writing it, Robin, and sharing it, was, it with us. It was
1: pleasure. It was well, it was it was um it was it was really interesting as well. Cause actually it's just a little insight into kind of book writing. So obviously, having written I've done five books and like I said, I've talked about online business startups. So that, that was very methodical with with take your shot, I had to I had to change up a, into another gear because it was when you when you tell it as a story, um, despite the fact it was based on like a real life story, you actually got to like dial into the creative juices in order to kind of be able to tell that story and keep the energy going throughout. So just, you know, I would say probably as much, if not more energy went into writing, take your shot, despite the the fact, it's like a third of the size of online business startup. There was Mm -hmm. so much more that kind of went into writing that book because it's, you know, like I said, there's some personal stuff that I had to draw on as well, but it was a really fun book to write. Um, I really enjoyed that kind of creative process and I've got, there is plans for a sequel as well at some
0: point. Oh, nice. Yeah. I would love to see that. <laughs> Definitely would love to see that for sure. So, um, yeah, like, you know, talking about the book and everything and talking about what you do, um, what actually, what is one thing that you would like people to get from this book? If they only got a chance to take one thing away? Um,
1: look, It's kind of like, you know based on the title take your shot is um and it's linked up to obviously like why fearless the business as a brand came about so I always say to people fearless being fearless isn't about being reckless as you kind of might see people doing crazy things on the tv you know if you subscribe to the Red Bull tv channel for example surfing like 100 foot waves and you know jumping off the cliffs and stuff like that it's not about being reckless Um, it's about like in business that people fear things, which just, they don't need to. And it's about fearing things ever so slightly less in business in order to kind of move you and your, your business closer to your goals. So the whole notion behind take your shot is just about like, don't be afraid to experiment a little bit, like come up with a creative idea for your business and just execute on it. Don't be afraid to fail because there's only there's only in business, there's only two things that, um, can ever potentially go wrong. Um, and, The first one is you might look a bit dumb. You might lose a bit of face. It might just not work. You might feel like a bit of a failure, but the reality is like most people are super busy and going about their own daily lives. They actually don't really care about you that much. And so like when you start to realize that it's like, you can put ideas out there and content and I, you know, product ideas and, um, put events on and things like that. And if nobody shows up, What's it? it doesn't matter. So we shouldn't be worried about losing face because people have got their own stuff going on. And, and, you know, that's all part of the process is fail, improve, fail, improve, fail, improve, succeed. Bang, we, we hit the nail on the head. Um, second thing is you might lose a bit of money. And actually in the grand scheme of things for most business owners, one, one they don't have much to lose anyway. So they've got nothing to lose. So let's just, let's go for it. Let's go all in on it. Um, and the second thing is like, you can always make more money. You can never get more time back. But so, you know, if you procrastinate and waste time, you you can never get that lost time back. But money, you can always just double down and make more money, you know, tweak your idea, change your marketing strategy, try something different or new, go and speak to a coach for some new ideas. But you can always, you know, find something to make money out of, even if it is, you know, worst case scenario, go and get a job.
0: (laughs) For sure. For sure. Yeah, man, uh, I, lo- I really love that point about, uh, you know, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. So you might as well try, you know, uh, even if you lose out a little bit hey, eh, get back up. Uh, we won't know until we try. Never know until we try. So, yeah, the fantastic uh, point to share with the audience listening. So uh, how many years did you say that you've been coaching doing the fearless business? Yeah. So fearless business, we
1: um, set up in 2016. So um, yeah, it's relatively young in terms like in business terms, but I've been running businesses since I was, um, gosh, 18, 17, 18. Uh, Even before that, Mm -hmm. I I feel like I I wasn't really a self-made man, self-made boy. I was doing paper rounds for like four or five years, getting up at half past four, in the morning going out I had the longest route on um uh in my my town so um and I was having to get up at half past four do my paper round get home get showered dressed ready uh, to get on the bus for school at 7am um and I did that for about four years so for me it's like I've always been on this journey of kind of just making my own money uh and Mm -hmm. and it became sort of a natural progression to kind of then start to well I had a few business ideas did a couple of hustles in terms of like Buying and selling laptops and things like that when my you know I was at uni made a ton of cash out of that before laptops got super cheap and then um, settled settled upon sort of web design when um, I was probably a little bit late to the party, um, but in two thousand and four you know we set up um, my first my agency doing web design and branding, and and we were mm-hmm. kind of at the cutting edge then that's that's like back in the day when marketing you know we didn't have Facebook Instagram YouTube LinkedIn all these different platforms marketing was like get a website set up, get it found in Google and a bit, you know, get a business card printed and show up to a a networking event and you get clients. And there there was also about, you know, a fifth of the number of businesses in, you know, in business at the time as well. Um, The coaching side of things was interesting. So when I set it up in 2016, I was adamant, I am not going to do run a marketing business. And when I do a coaching program, uh, I only want about five or 10% of what I do to be about, marketing like a tiny little fraction of it because mm-hmm. i noticed that fundamentally you know there was a ton of stuff that i wish i'd known back in 2004 when i started up and fundamentally that's the stuff that i kind of now teach my clients because that they, they think their way to kind of wealth is to get loads of clients but actually the reality is um no you've got fundamental issues in your business so fearless business is about fixing all of those foundational issues first then we sprinkle a little bit of marketing on it. And it's like, you know, second stage of growth. It's like a a rocket being blasted out into Mm -hmm. outer space, Mm -hmm. you know, so fix a business, then do marketing.
0: Great. Great. Yeah. Build that foundation really strong. So yeah, that's, that's good that you've been able to apply your personal experience with the business that you've built, even though it's, you know, only four years old now. Um, So yeah, that's, that's really cool. So Over the years, over the years of your experience, what is the biggest mistake that you see people make when they're like either starting their business or even for people that have had their business for a long time? What is the biggest mistake you have personally seen?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's mostly around pricing. And I think that um, a lot of business owners... uh, so. You know, you ask any business owner pretty much like how they came about choosing their prices. And they say, well, I went out and looked at the competition to see how much they were charging. And then you're left with three
0: options.
1: Okay, Uh, this is like all I hear is I'm too expensive and therefore if I'm cheap, everybody will buy from me. But that that's like offering discounts and it massively erodes your profit margins. It can be very destructive to a business. We used to do it like back in the early agency days before i knew what i knew now you know we used to think that the way to get clients was to compete on price um and it took us a very long time to go through our first you know to hit that six figure mark uh it took us the best part of three and three or four years to hit six figures um i did six figures in my first year of coaching that kind of says something and i i made a pact with myself that i certainly wouldn't be the cheapest second option is you go middle of the road well we don't want to be the cheapest but we also don't want to be the most expensive because that will put people off from buying from us. So It we'll would be middle of the road because that's nice and safe. And then you end up in this, if you imagine a bell curve, you end up in this massive smorgasbord of like a red ocean of people scrapping at the same price. And then you get the third one, which is the most interesting in my uh, opinion. And that is the most expensive. Now there could be 50 people in your local area competing in, in your niche, but only one of them is the most expensive or can be the most expensive, okay? Now, if you look at the most expenses in in most niches, they've been around for the longest and they still manage to get clients, yet they're also the most expensive. So you can be the most expensive and still get clients. So I don't know about you, but I would rather be like one of the more expensive in my niche um, than the other two options. And what that means is you end up making like, um, your profit margins just explode. Mm -hmm. So, I'll give you a little example. So, most people, when it comes to um, price increases, play it very safe. So, they'll do like a 5% or a 10% or maybe even a 20% price increase, thinking that that's quite dangerous, you know, because most of them are charging time for money, hourly rates and day rates. And so, you know, they look at it and go, oh gosh, clients, what are they going to think if we do a 10% increase? Well, um, if you do a a 5% price increase, you can afford to have 14% fewer clients and still make the same amount of money. So most people assume, oh, 5% price increase, I need 5% fewer clients. Well, no, it kind of like compounds because by the time you take into consideration your cost of sales, your overheads and things like that, like actually you need far fewer clients. So if you get into the realms of having, um, you know, double doubling your price, mm-hmm. you can actually double your prices, have half the clients and still make double or more the amount of profit that you would have been making previously. So I don't know about you, but I would much rather have like far fewer clients and charge much more because then what do I get back? I get a lot more time to deliver a better quality product to those clients I'm servicing. Um, So I would say most people, you know, pricing is probably in our program. It's like we spend half our time talking about pricing and how we're going to economically design businesses. So they, they, they stack up, you know, um, financially for the business owner. Um, and it's really funny because it's the one thing that people fear the most. Oh, if I put my prices up, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna lose all my clients, I'm gonna lose all my customers, or that my customers won't come to me. And so we go on this little journey where I'm like, no, no, just trust me. We've taken hundreds of business owners through this process. They've all come back and said it's really easy. Sure enough, four to six weeks later, they sell their product at double the price. They come back and go, oh my gosh, Robin, I, I can't believe how I was being so dumb because it was like, it was so easy. They I can't believe they said yes.
0: It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, interesting point there because um, I think if people – out there are willing to you know, pay the, let's just call it premium price or the highest price. Usually that also means that they're probably going to be the best clients too, because they are willing to put in the, the money, which for some people is very, very important, right? They're, they're investing their money, which they worked for. So that actually creates the, the best clients, which means that everyone is happy, right? The business is well, happy. The clients are happy because you're giving them your all. They are paying the, the premium for your services. If you're undercharging, skin in the game. <laughs> what was that, Robin? They've got skin in the game. Like now, yeah. now they've made
1: an, an investment, a significant investment. Yeah. It's like any investment you make, you want to protect it. You don't yeah. want what you've invested to be eroded or get destroyed. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, it, and especially when it comes to something like coaching, for example, um you know when somebody's invested a serious amount of money they knuckle down and do the work you know unsurprisingly because um they're like and there's just a different it's really interesting actually I know this isn't necessarily a COVID related um podcast but we've got to give a nod to the current kind of times that we're in um you know when there was two different types of people really when COVID struck and it was one type of person who kind of panicked through their arms up in the air and just like oh my gosh what are we going to do how how am i going to eat and all this sort of stuff and they made it all about them and their worries and stresses and hassles and everything else and there was another group of people who were just like you know come hell or high water i'm going to make this work they were like fiercely determined and what i noticed was that the um, not that the quality of clients wasn't good before covid before lockdown but the clients who we've brought on in the last six months, they've just had a, a totally different like, way about them in terms of their, um, uh, their desire to you know, get the job done. Because, mm-hmm. like, times are hard. We, we're going to spend this money and we're going to damn well make it work. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, I really admire a lot of the business owners who come out with that um, that sort of attitude. And I'm not knocking, by the way, like, it's natural to be fearful of, like, what's been going on and, and for that to be, you know, to be worried about, you know, paying your mortgage and putting food on the table, you know, um, keeping the kids fed and stuff like that. Um, and I admire the people who, uh, you know, stop their business to go and work at the local sort of supermarket or something like that. And kind of just, you know, we also need people like that who are just going to muck in and also get that job done as well. Um So, um but there are, you know, there's that subset of people who just kind of gave up. And um yeah. if they had like 5k in a program, do you think they'd give up? Probably not. They they would fight to protect it and do whatever yes. it
0: takes to make things work. Yes. And it does make a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, I believe that the mindset that a lot of people right now, the, the go-getters, the the ones that actually want to get out there and invest and whatever, build their, their own businesses and are not afraid to do that are the types of people that we need more often for sure. Um, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, no matter what, what it is, COVID or just like normal times, like living, living like normally. So really the, uh, even though this is a scary time, it's also uh, an opportunity for a lot of people to uh, get out of their own heads and make an investment.
1: Right? 100%. I'm gonna say something slightly controversial now, if, if that's 100%. okay, Matt. Yeah, that's um,
0: great.
1: So I, I have this theory that we're, we're actually vastly oversubscribed with businesses at the moment. Um, and uh, it's all down to the internet. So the internet's wonderful. Um, but one of the things that the internet has done is um, it's it's eroded the friction that it takes in order to set a business up. So if you were to rewind the clock to 1990, so it's the dawn of the internet age, um, you know, people were just getting online. There was only in the UK, this is, I don't, the stats are um, fairly well reflected in, in other um, countries around the world as well. But I'll quote the UK because obviously I know that best. But so 30 years ago, there was 450,000 registered small businesses in the UK. Today, well, not, probably few, far fewer today because of COVID. But before, you know, pre-lockdown, there was six, close to six million registered businesses. Hmm. So it's ten times the number of businesses out there. Um, hmm. And the reason for that is just because it's it's so much. You know, you can go and register a business online for like ten bucks. You know, and you're hmm. you're off. You go. We'll get a website set up on Wix. We'll, um, you know set up a Shopify account or whatever. We'll load our products up onto Amazon and bam, away we go. But the thing is though, and this is what people haven't, they haven't put two and two together is that where there's 10 times the number of businesses it means there's 10 times the number of um, business coaches, 10 times the number of web designers, 10 times the number of, you name it, there's 10 times the number of them set up, Mm -hmm. which means that actually it's 10 times harder now to go out and find clients for your business, especially if you're in the B2B space, because there is just so much noise out there. Mm -hmm. And so I actually think that the crisis we're in at the moment is, God, this, this is the controversial bit. I don't think there's a problem with losing a million, a million and a half businesses in the UK and multiply that out around the world. Because there's a lot of really terrible businesses out there and business owners who aren't really invested in this and they're not, they shouldn't be in business. And I know that's a really harsh or hard thing to say. It could be down to a matter of timing for them or for whatever reasons. But I actually think we need to trim down the fat a little bit so we're left like with the cream of the crop, the best of the best. Serious business owners
0: who get great results. That's what I'm most interested in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the more reason for the people that are out there to actually have their fundamentals down straight, right? Their fundamentals that you are personally offering um, that you mentioned earlier during this talk. Uh, Yeah, because if you don't have the fundamentals down straight, then yeah, a lot lot of things are gonna be going wrong, I believe. Uh, A lot of your customers might not be happy because you're not doing the best job that you could possibly do. And unfortunately, there are a lot of businesses out there like that. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the foundational
1: stuff, you know, it's like, so the most common thing I get asked is I need, I, I mentioned it before, marketing. I need more clients. Um, but most people, so if you actually kind of like start off with a goal. So let's say we're going to run a, oh, I'll give you an example, actually. So I had a client way back when, so Rich and Amy ran a small web design business. Um, similar to my own, actually, and they were charging £8 a month for um, uh, sort of WordPress hosting of their sites. Mm-hmm. And they had their goal was very simple. So they wanted to earn £3,000 a month through recurring, like, care plans in order to um, be able to give them the time. They're the young family, so to take August off, like the summer holidays off, uh, and spend time with their kids. So I was like, great. So did some rough maths. So 3K, £8 a month, so for, you need 400 clients. Can you support 400 clients? <gasps> no, who can possibly support 400 clients. It's just r- ridiculous. It's outrageous. we just be, you know, so I was like, great. So, um, uh, so how could you support 400 clients? Well, we could, we could hire somebody. So I can do about 100 clients. So we could, and then the penny dropped and they're like, "Ah, oh, 3K a month. We can't really afford to hire somebody. So hmm. just all of the economics were just totally out of whack. So what started off as a marketing conversation, we need to get loads of clients so we can take time off during the summer. I was like, no, actually your business isn't designed to support 400 clients. We've got to change this. So we need a business that with hundred clients or less, we can get you to 3K or more. Um, so the only choice was to massively increase their prices. So again, it comes back to pricing again. So we moved them from minimum care plan used to be eight pounds. We moved it to 50 pounds a month. We didn't just jack the prices up. We included extra value in that as well. So, you know, um, half an hour's worth of updates and support time or a call with uh, Richard each month. Uh, We increased the uptime guarantees and money-back guarantees on it and various other things like that. So the the service level just increased hugely. Um, And they had a small subset of people who were willing to pay that. And lo and behold, 60 clients later, they hit 3K. Mm. Um, So we achieved that. One of the things that was really interesting though is when we put the prices up, they um, lost obviously quite a significant portion of their existing client base because that is 5X in your price, big jump. Um, So they lost 40% of their client base. Their revenues immediately went up by two and a half times on the clients that were left. This is the interesting bit. The support calls dropped by 80%. So actually, like if you, if, you, if you think about that one decision around pricing, we fixed a whole load of issues. So there was a whole load of clients there who just did not get the value that Rich and me were offering, even at eight pounds a month. And so they, then they were just asking like loads of questions and taking up loads of rich's time, you know and, and that's where all those support calls came from. So like you, it's really interesting when you fix one, one issue within a business, it normally has like a knock-on effect, like a ripple effect right the way through the business. and of course then now we've got extra capacity. So for each new client that we add into this, who's now worth 50 pound a month, it got them to their goal five times quicker than it would have done. Otherwise, um, you know, and it, and it still took us two two and a bit years to get to 3k a month. Well, in fact, they, they did 3k just on care plans, but they also did the first month they hit 3k, they did three and a half project fees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we'd like 10 X their business, like overall, um, you know so and so that was like hey we've got a marketing problem but actually we ended up just approaching it from a completely left field perspective dealt with pricing and watched everything take care of itself
0: mm-hmm. nice yeah i mean that that was a little bit like you know uh actually it's still related to what we're talking about <laughs> uh yeah man it's very cool very cool um so i want to ask you another question about your book Go okay is that cool uh yeah so why should our listeners read your book or check out your, your business, Fearless Business? Why should they read it? Why should they uh, Well, so, so the book, I mean, without, without kind of uh, to take my ego
1: out of this for a second, um, <laughs> but the book's got like 400 plus five star reviews on Amazon, which, I, you know, I'll let the audience kind of speak for itself. Um, you know, the book, the book's ideally like suited to anybody who's in that sort of time for money type business, struggling business owner who just needs a bit of inspiration. Um, they need, you know, it's got five very simple business principles, which, um, I talk about in the book, which you can, you can extract those principles and apply them to your business that day and start to see immediate results from it. Um, and, and also just to kind of get a little bit lost in somebody else's journey. Cause I, I think one, one of the things that, um, has, has, struck me about business it can be incredibly solitary especially with what's going on at the moment and um it's very easy to think that when things go wrong that it's all about it's just happening to you so again part of the reason why i wrote take your shot was to show business owners that their story isn't unique every business owner uh, or every person goes through their own struggles in some way shape or form so i wanted people to kind of read the book and feel like they're not alone in their, their journey. Whatever it might be, um, and and again, a lot of people have said that they've they've read the book and yeah, the business stuff's great, but it's made them just feel like oh, yeah, things are going to be all right. <laughs> it's given them a bit of positivity and hope, mm-hmm. kind of all round, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is a really good feeling book, happy feeling book, along with all the principles. It makes it a, a very good book, and um, yeah, you've got my five stars on it. you've got my five stars (laughs) bookmatic approval right so uh definitely i believe that everyone uh in the business world or coaching world service world should pick up your book because it does have great fundamentals um so is there anything else that you would like to add to this uh and where can people reach you yeah sure so um, so the
1: website's um fearless.biz so nice and easy to remember and just as a little gift i mean obviously i would love for people to buy it but my goal is to get the book into as many people's hands as possible and i don't i don't want you know the process of buying it on a site like amazon to get in the way of that so for everyone who is listening if you want a copy of take your shot i will gift it to you so you can either go to fearless.biz hit the resources tabs and uh, tab and there's a um a link on there to actually go and apply for a free copy of the book um, or you can go to fearless.biz forward slash T-Y-S, take your shot, T-Y-S promo, um, and you'll be able to apply for a book. So in the UK, I'm happy to post a paperback copy. Uh, worldwide, it will be a PDF download. And then if you enjoy it, go and you know support me by buying the paperback and um, popping it onto your shelves and reviews are obviously always gratefully appreciated. Um, I'm also, you know, if you're, if you're, if you are a budding business owner and you're struggling a little bit and you want a bit of help with it, I also do offer a free 30 minute call as well with, um, prospective clients, um, you know, just to help people through, you know, one of the beauties of how I've set up my, my businesses that I have time to be able to kind of, um, help out as many business owners as I can. So, um,
0: you know, so fearless.biz best way to get hold of me. Yeah. And I will definitely include the link in the description of this podcast and also the video on youtube so anyone interested in that just go ahead and click down on that link uh and robin i just want to say thank you so much for writing your book thank you so much for coming on to the podcast it's been amazing talking with you for the last half an hour or so uh so yeah thank you so much robin
1: it's absolutely pleasure matt and i appreciate your support as well and, and for taking the time
0: to have me on the podcast Mm -hmm. And everyone who's listening and watching, I also want to say thank you very much to to you for listening and watching. Uh, It's it's great having you. Yeah. So thank you, Robin. Cheers, Matt. All right. Cheers.